The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of Dash Radio and Sage Digital. Let's go! Alright everybody, welcome to the 109th edition of the Holy Backboard. I am Dustin here in Rip City and I got my man Sage chilling live and direct from, you know what, sunny southern Oregon and the weather's nice, blazes are streaking, life's good. I'm pretty happy and I'm happy to be uh, on the podcast with you on this wonderful Sunday night. We get the privilege to talk about the hottest team. Mm-hmm. in basketball pretty rare to say that man i don't know if we've ever said that in our three years nearly nearly yeah. three years of podcasting never i don't think we have said that so let that marinate let that sink in just a bit it it, it really doesn't matter right now what happens the rest of the year it doesn't matter right now enjoy this mm-hmm. just enjoy this moment be realistic about what this team can be, but enjoy the fact that Damian Lillard is a legit MVP candidate. Goddamn right. He's a legit first-team All-NBA candidate. This team has a legit chance at making the Western Conference semifinals, and we saw what I think might be one of the greatest two-minute stretches in Blazers history against my personal uh, most disliked team. What Damian Lillard did against the Los Angeles Lakers to set up this 3-0 week was beyond spectacular. You know, if you've been living under a rock, the Trailblazers have won nine straight games. They have nearly gone an entire month without losing a basketball game. It started with the Warriors, and so far, that has been their, their, their last victory. This week in particular, Portland went on the road to Los Angeles, come from behind, 108-103 victory. They follow, followed it up the next night in Portland against the New York Knicks uh, in astounding fashion, 111-87, and then put it to the defending champion Warriors for the second time in less than a month, 125-108 to 108 to go 3-0 and on the week. They have won nine straight games. They are two games uh, ahead of the fourth-seeded Pelicans for the third seed overall in the Western Conference. And at 40-26, and 26, Sage, they possess the fifth-best record in the entire NBA. Who would have thought? I mean, even myself. Preseason pod, I had us at 47 wins in the fourth seed. I don't think even the most optimistic fan would have thought we would be here right now. You know, the four seed, what your prediction was, we were expecting Nurkic to be the third guy. And he sure as hell ain't the third guy for us right now. Definitely not consistently. Sometimes he can be. But like that was assuming that we would have a dominant post-presence. We're doing this with... Ed Davis, who's a hustle rebounding OG badass, but he's not a skilled post scorer that we thought we were going to have. So we're it's really on 
da- shout out to Damian Lillard for being an MVP candidate and helping us get these wins. And holy shit, it's been a it's been a crazy week. That stretch against the Lakers, I was watching with Olga and even rewinding back to last week's podcast. I thought we would lose this game. I felt mm-hmm. weird about it all week long. Uh, I knew it was coming off of, you know, two big home games, Minnesota and Oklahoma City. The Lakers were playing extremely well, and we were going to be without Maurice Harkless, who really saved our ass last time around at Staples Center. It just felt like a trap game, the most trappiest Mm -hmm. of all trap games. And through three and a half quarters, that really came to fruition. Outside of a stretch in the second quarter where Portland went up by 14 points, the Lakers really responded. We had no answer for Julius Randle's quickness off the bounce. The referees were calling every single ticky-tack foul. In the second quarter, we were in the penalty with nine minutes to go. In the third quarter, it was ridiculous. I, it, the exact moment was 10-29. We were in the penalty from that point onward in the third quarter, and that was probably, without speaking hyperbole, the quickest I've ever seen the Trailblazers go into the penalty. And then, you know, Portland claws back. But then Kyle Kuzma hits a three, Lonzo Ball hits a three, and Olga like leaned over to me and was like, that felt pretty daggerish. And I was like, you know, I think you're right. Like maybe this just isn't our night. Maybe our, our our luck is running out, or it's just it's just one of those nights. Nothing was going in. We could not throw it into the ocean. Dame looked tired. His jumper was short, hitting the front of the rim, and that is the first telltale sign of, you know, tired legs. All of a sudden, you know, we're down six, four minutes to go, pulls up three, bang. Okay, get a stop next time down, gets a screen, Lonzo Ball uh, doesn't come over the top of it, the the big man defender for the Lakers does not close out, another splash. I'm like, okay, I'm not trying to get my hopes too up, but that was, that was, that was lethal. Dame gets the ball back, and in NBA history... I can think of maybe three or four players that take this next shot. Probably Kobe Bryant, probably Steph Curry, and Damian Lillard. Probably Larry Bird, but without as much range. Comes off the curl from the S on the Lakers logo. No hesitation, no, you know, no rip on the motion. It was perfect form and just did it like it was old hat. Nobody's business. Nah, he almost pulled up from the R in Lakers. <laughs> when he hit that, I lost my shit. And then, you know, the clock's winding down. They swing it to Shabazz. And he does an amazing thing. He dribbles the ball. And for whatever reason, Lonzo leaves Dame to come to the middle when there was already an extra help defender. Kicks it over to Dame. He lets Lonzo come at him. Sidesteps. Hits it again. Ed Davis, the reaction was every Blazers fan ever. Just pure joy. The man was just smiling without a care in the world and was just like, did you just really see what I just really saw? Four possessions, four straight threes, each really bringing the the opposing crowd more oohs and ahs as the the next. It's not... Often that I feel bad for a player, but Lonzo had nope, zero nope, chance nope, nope, against nope. Damian. I did. I don't have the hatred for the Lakers, but I, as like a person. Sage, every non-Laker <laughs> fan should have hatred for the Lakers. I don't know. As a person, I just was like, oh, there's nothing you can do. 
Nah. <laughs> you put you put on that purple and gold uniform. You that them's the rules. Well, no sympathy. Did, did you, all right. Never mind. I mean, I felt bad for the the dude, but I I think we gotta we gotta talk about KCP's shooting because him taking extremely difficult jumpers and breaking them four possessions in a row while Dane was hitting his four threes definitely helped us because it, it it's like he has he has Kobe Bryant's sh- shot selection with like a top fifteen player's ability. Like, his shooting definitely brought us back in the game. The Lakers are a weird team. Yeah. All the players that are helping them right now, they're not going to be on the roster next year. So, if you're a fan, you're like, yes, we're playing well, but Ingram's hurt. Kuzmania is really sizzled out a bit. Um, The guys balling right now, Brooke Lopez, Isaiah Thomas, um, Julius Randle. Remember um, when the Lakers were willing to trade Julius Randle at the dre- deadline for like a second round pick and then salary filler, and now dude's f- putting up some amazing stats. Oh man! But he's gonna get paid this summer. Oh, absolutely. It's pick and roll in the third quarter was infuriating because it didn't look like it was some crazy pick and roll, but he just got where he wanted and either got some weird, crazy circle shot layup to go in, or we'd find the shooters in the perimeter in the third, in that third quarter. Like we could not stop the Zizik uh, Thomas pick and roll. I mean, it is always given us problems, even back to his Sacramento days. Sh- shit. He those- gave us problems when he was on the Cavs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but can we talk about CJ McCollum? Why is he not, coming up clutch at the foul line it's it's all ever since that clipper game the league leader in free throw percentage last year you're starting to wonder if he's going to get it done late in the game in the fourth oh i assume he doesn't make the free throw to be honest i mean we were up three we had just gotten a kick out and he gets fouled five seconds to go you're like money in the bank misses them both and then whether it was a foul or wasn't fouls before the ball was inbound you've you've got to stay away from that yeah, you cannot yeah, get yeah. locked up and even look like it was a thank foul. goodness it missed it thank goodness it missed it and then shabazz swiped the ball at the end of the game um you know cj played played you know pretty well had 22 points and only 15 shots to go along with you know five boards and five assists but i do worry about this trend of him missing free throws late because i don't mm-hmm. So I don't want it to cost us in the playoffs. So did you think that he was going to miss both? No, I thought he was going to make them. Like I was like, okay, like the thing now is like, I'm starting to believe CJ and, and his law of averages. Like everything's going to even out, and I'm like, okay, he's he's missed enough. He's missed enough. He's missed enough. And you know, you know I've tried being pessimistic. I've tried being optimistic, doing all the superstitious stuff that I do. Nothing seems to be working. Um, at this point, I don't know. I, I I knew that when he missed the first, he wasn't making the second, and like I I trust him for like forty four minutes a game, but that 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 clutch four man, either he's killing it from mid range or he's bricking some some free throws. I I don't I don't know. I I, I he's too skilled to brick free throws in the clutch so often. You just hope it doesn't become mental. Yeah. 
But moving on to the Knicks game, and of all of the games this week, this one, after the fact, even during the fact, kind of scared me the most because had Dame not been Dame, we could have easily lost this game. Dame put up 37 points, ridiculous 8 of 11 from downtown. I mean, he put up 37 points on 18 shots. Like, he was unconscious from the start. You know, he picked right where he, uh, he picked up right where he left off from the night before in Los Angeles. And, you know, this was one of those games like we've seen us play against Sacramento and even maybe like a Chicago where we go up by 14, they claw right back. We go up by, by 11, you know, they, they don't give up. And it took a while for us to put this team away. You know, thankfully, you know, Shabazz and Pat chipped in for, you know, 20 off of the bench. And Ed Davis, you know, kicked in. Actually, Ed and Zach both combined for 24 boards. Yeah. The bench did the work. But, like, we weren't getting much else from, from the usual suspects. And I know during any winning streak, you're not going to play 100% perfect basketball. But of the games... If I was to play devil's advocate or if I was to project how the Blazers finish in the postseason or if I'm, you know, an opposing scout, I look at that game and say, that's all it takes. Hmm. If Dame is even off a little bit, they could be beaten by teams who have no chance at even making the playoffs. Like this team is a flawed roster. You know, there's a lot of They're missing high, their variance, star. high variance players, you know, um, if Dame doesn't go off, they're not going to be able to, to handle business. Um, thankfully we found out that wasn't the case, you know, against the, the Golden State Warriors on Friday. Hopefully it was a case of tired legs. Hopefully it was a case of maybe overlooking the opponent and your superstar, you know, being focused enough to compensate for that, that lack of focus from the others. Who knows what it was, but did that game give you any pause at all? Just watching it being like, if we didn't have Dame, this would be ugly. Well, I feel that like every game you could say, if we don't have Dame, it could get ugly just because of how good he's played this year. But, I mean, like, the Knicks, as a organization, don't want to win games. And I know players, you know, The players do, do though. I know, for their... The, the players do, and I watched that game, and they were trying. So, it, I don't think it matters who they're putting on the court. No player is ever going to want to tank. Like, we've discussed yeah. this time and time again like if you tank that just means they're going to draft somebody likely at your position that's going to take your your paycheck next year there's no incentive for the player to tank i'm trying to think of like a time where i thought oh shit but i just trusted that dame would pull through at the right time against the knicks well, I knew we would win the game. It was more of a thought of it shouldn't take Dame scoring 37 points on that efficient of a night to put that team away. Like, that that was the worry there because we have seen this team mm -hmm. I mean, play down to Dame the Dame needed level to go superstar against the Suns, too. It, exactly. Yeah. That was another, you know, that was right on the heels of, of that Phoenix game. And we all know Dame. We know his limitations. We know how great he is. But we know this isn't sustainable. Like, even MJ, you know, needed a night off. You know, even LeBron, like we saw tonight against the Lakers, he can't do it all. And I think it's unrealistic to expect him to put the team on his back for a prolonged period of time. Like, he is balling out of his mind right now. But 
that game really should have been much easier on him in terms of others stepping up, maybe Dame getting a lot less minutes because we're going to need him for teams like the, like the Warriors, like the Rockets, like the Spurs. And whenever we get an opportunity to play a sub 500 team, it was, you know, and this is really being nitpicky during this win streak. It was just a little concerning that we weren't able to put them away right away. And that's what you want to see. You want to see your star rest in, in the fourth quarter, get that, get that, just those, that the luxury of maybe an extra 12 minutes. Um, thankfully he only played 31 minutes, so we did do a good job towards the end. Um, he just had to do a little bit up front, but it really set the stage for the Golden State Warriors. And yes, they were without Steph Curry, but that team still bodes three all-stars. And that's the only team in the league that can say we still have three all-stars. So I don't think you can take anything away from the Trailblazers or that victory. Um, I took Evan to the game and we were walking across the bridge, uh, going, going towards the arena and talking before the game about, you know, why is this narrative? And I think some members of the media keep bringing it up. Oh, the Blazers are getting so lucky playing teams without their superstars or without key players. Well, as Evan and I were discussing it, one, those are the breaks of the game. Two, Portland has had enough injuries in my lifetime that I don't care who we play if they're hurt or not. Like, I don't feel like we're taking advantage of anything because we have suffered those consequences. We have suffered through um, all of the injuries in, in this, you know, franchise's history. But I'm not even going to bother naming because there's no reason to bring that up at this point in time. And also, we didn't capitalize on this yeah, on right? those teams. <laughs> Anthony Davis missed the game Pelicans in Portland. We got blown out. John Wall missed the game. Bradley Beal goes off for 51. Uh, Kyrie Irving misses the game. Al Horford. We lose lose on an Al Horford last second shot. Uh, We missed, what is his name? Jonas Valanciunas and Serge Ibaka, the starting Mm -hmm. front court for the Raptors, got blown up by 20. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. We were not able to take advantage of those teams, so the narrative needs to switch over to Portland is taking care of business against under 500 teams, they're kicking ass at home, 15 of the last 16, and they are beating teams during this win streak. It isn't a stat-padding win streak, Sage. Mm. Like, we're, we're getting the job done. Over the nine-game stretch, we beat the Golden State Warriors, the best team in the league, twice. At the Lakers, a hot team. Uh, Minnesota, Oklahoma City. Playoff teams. At, U- at Utah, who was the hottest team in the league at that time that ended their 11- or 12-game win streak. So... I think this narrative needs to shift from Portland's getting lucky to this team is the real deal. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that we're seeing that from, you know, the players, especially Damian Lillard. He said that after the Warriors game, he said he was the best point guard in the league. And he really believed that uh, a few uh, games ago. I like that they're confident. They're not coming off cocky. They're coming off confident. And I, I think the league and the national media needs to take notice because little old Portland can play ball. And we're still a ways away. I think Byron Scott on ESPN, they were on a panel and they were discussing, you know, who was more of a, of a dangerous playoff team, the Pelicans or the Blazers. And he said the Blazers because Leonard was playing so well. Get the fuck out of here. How do you not know Damien's last name is Lillard? I mean, that's just the disrespect that 
one, either you don't deserve to be on an ESPN panel. I don't care if you're a championship player and you're, you were a former NBA coach. If you do not know one of the top 10 players in the league's last names, that your credibility is gone. I don't care how long you play the league. Get out. Mm-hmm. And two, there's no way they're forgetting LeBron James's name. There's no way they're forgetting Lon- even Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. There's no way they're forgetting that dude's name. And so for Portland to be putting on the way they're putting on right now, there's just a sense of pride. And, you know, Olga even noticed that in, in myself um, this week. She's like, oh, you're wearing, you know, Blazers gear. They don't play today. Like, you must be feeling really prideful. And I was like, you're you're right. Like, I want to represent. Like, I will represent on, you know, non-game days too. But just like every day I, I got to wear my gear. Like, I'm so stoked for this team right now. Well, I mean – I if I was on the Blazers roster or like one of the scouts or coaches, dog, you know I'd be sh- I'd share that shit with Damian Lillard so fast. That's just more more fuel for him to like go absolutely bananas for you know at least a few more games. That locker board, that locker room material, that clipboard material, that 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 is that is fabulous. I. I did not watch the the that ESPN thing. I thought he, I thought they were talking about Myers Leonard playing well, but it, it was just Damian not them not knowing who Damian Lillard is. Either way, I thought it was bullshit. But to not know who Damian Lillard is with all of the stuff that you know he, he's like an Adidas athlete who has his own signature shoe. He does his own rap thing. He's on the 2K, uh, like one of the 2K athletes. He's featured in the game. Like, all of this shit? You don't know his name? Come on, bruh. What I loved most about this game was the opposite of the Knicks. This was a team victory. Damon CJ took turns shouldering the the big shot taking and big shot making. Uh, Combined 58 points. The shots they made to really close the Warriors out, it was, the arena was hype. But aside from them, you get a double-double from Nurk, 10 points, 11 boards in just 20 minutes. You get... Zach and Ed. Four, four Blazers on the bench in double figures. Yeah. Evan Turner with 12. Ed with 10 to go along with 15 boards and four assists. 12 and, and four for, for Big Z. Um, Baz even played well. You know, ten points had a huge four point play uh, in the shit. Third. Even Biggie and Layman got into the game, Doug. <laughs> like I mean, just, you know, when those two get in, it's either it's a blowout. I mean, we fucking destroyed them on the glass. Mm-hmm. Forty six boards to thirty three. I mean, we more than doubled them up offensively. Fourteen to six. They had no answer for Ed Davis. He was a man amongst boys, and that includes Draymond Green. He was in there just fighting, and I don't think it's a coincidence that we're starting to see Ed and Zach, that duo, close games out. Mm -hmm. They did it in Oklahoma City. They did it again against Golden State. Um, It's great that Nurk still is a cheerleader and is still in good spirits, but... That duo just has some chemistry, and there's just you know that they're fighting for every possession, and when there's, there's only there's just a certain trait that they mm-hmm. have. I think that Damian has like what Jordan had. Like I will not lose. Like losing to them 
is worse is a is a worse feeling than, than winning, winning yep. feels better. Mm-hmm. And they just have that that dog in them, like that Wesley Matthews that yep. they they refuse to lose. And you know, I really am loving that lineup when you're able to go Dame CJ Baz, three ball handlers, and then you've got Ed, your your dirty um your your dirty work guy, you know, just coming in, cleaning up the mess, finishing with such high efficiency. And then Zach, that can do a little bit of that, but can also spread that court and hit your three for you mm-hmm. while also playing really strong defense. Um, but wasn't game, Chief just kind of well, a non-factor? Yeah, so the rest of the starters were so, really nothing. So if Chief no, is uh, a non-factor, Nurk played twenty. Yeah, had the double double, but really wasn't super effective. Um, Aminu played twenty four points, one of five shooting. Maurice Harkless played play 20, only took five shots, hit two, it scored six points. So they really weren't yeah. you know, getting... When Chief getting isn't a, a factor with his shooting, which recently he's been kind of hot and cold with the shot, I kind of trust Zach and Ed more because they are... I think Chief, when he's... Uh, Chief, Alf, uh, uh, Zach, and Ed will fight and go out of their position for rebounds. And if Chief can't do it offensively, I feel safer with Zach and Ed because of the chemistry they have. They still have the same type of fight for rebounds. And Zach can space the floor and he has some offense he's offensively skilled. So if Chief's out, I'm tot- like Chief's not doing well. I'm totally feeling good about the small three and then Easy Ed and uh Zach as our bigs to uh, get all the rebounds. Looking at at the Warriors, this is the second time that KD has went off. He's averaging 45 mm-hmm. points in his last two visits to Portland, both losses. Is that the strategy you take with a great team is letting the, the superstar get his, but really minimizing everyone else? Because no one really played a strong game. Mm-hmm. Um I know Javel had ten points, only took seven shots, but he feels more of like a he feels more of, of like you know a shot of adrenaline mm. rather than a sustainable force over forty eight minutes. Um, Clay Thompson, yes, he had twenty five points, but shot under fifty percent. Draymond Green was a complete non factor. The, the the stats look balanced, but he really wasn't know, 12, doing it much. No, you know, six assists, three steals, twelve boards, seven points seven field goal attempts i feel like draymond green hurts us more when he scores when he's up to 15 to 17 points spreading the floor hitting those threes that's where portland has had trouble in the past dealing with him and he's shot like he's shooting like 28 percent from three like my my thing is i think draymond is a very very intelligent basketball player but what happens when that athleticism takes even the slightest step down I'm already going to ask you, does it look like he and Clay are running out of gas a little bit? They do not look like the players they did a year ago. Pre-Kevin Durant. Like, 2016, Clay and Draymond were elite basketball players. There was talk about them all being in the top three with Steph. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because Kevin's taking more of the shots, but you would think they would get better looks because Kevin is now on the court with them. But maybe it's their minimized roles. Maybe they need more of a consistent role. But they had that without Steph in the game. So it's a little weird to assess them because Evan and I were also talking 
you know, on, on the walkover and, you know, they're facing a $300 million luxury tax bill mm-hmm. if they want to bring back Clay Thompson in a couple of years. You know, my answer was absolutely bring him back if you have a chance to continue to win championships, but maybe not at this performance because, yes, I know Draymond and Clay were named All-Stars. I don't think they should have gotten all four. Yeah. Probably just three. I, I, I think I think Clay could play till he's, like, way older just because of that shot, and then he always will be able to provide effort plays defensively. But, like, if Draymond ever loses that step, he goes from an elite, intelligent player to, I, I, I don't know, like, he made all the right moves defensively with, like, picks and switches, but what if he can't physically get there? I mean, I mean, we saw that this afternoon when he tried to guard Carl Anthony Towns. It wasn't working. I mean, shit. I, Draymond's provided them with some damn good ball, but like from what I've seen, like it, it, I would be nervous if I was a Golden State fan for Draymond's future. But hey, at least he got him there. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I guess I'm a little bit of a hater. Oh, but speaking of haters. There were so many fucking Golden State fans in, in that building, Sage. So many. Like, I have never seen that many opposing fans in in the arena, in Portland before. And I've been... I mean, I'm sure some of them were legit. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm never going to stereotype, you know, a fan base by the actions of a few. Um, like... I'm sure that Laker fans in Los Angeles act a shit ton different than Laker fans I've interacted with in Portland. Mm. I'm sure the same goes for Warrior fans here, too. Um, It's just, well, in my specific instance, I sit, you know, in 300 level, and then the row in front of me was nearly all Warrior fans. Like, it's the, the night started, and there's a dude... You know, I, I always like when I, when I know there's a fanboy team in town, and especially if I'm you know with like a guy like Ev, you know I'll be a little more rowdy. I'll cheer louder for the Blazers. I'll I'll get into it even more, and I'll make comments to see if if they react. You know, when Dame was introduced, I was like best point guard in the game. He's better than Curry. You know, just stuff like that. And this dude immediately turned around. And he's like, you know, Dame's trash. And I'm like, come on. And he, he, he tried, and I was telling him, I was like, well, Dame didn't have Draymond, Clay, Iguodala, Steve Kerr, all those players. And he's like, oh, so you're saying the Warriors are better than the Trailblazers? Absolutely. Like, I am not, I, I'm not a moron. Yes, you have the best team in the league. You were one of the most dominant teams of all time last year. Of course you were better. And he was like, oh. Most people don't say that. I'm like, no, you're you're just just a moron. But some dude, like, so he was there for two minutes. Wait, wait, Another wait, wait, fan, wait. He left? No, no, oh. he was there for two minutes, and then security came over. Somebody texted uh, the ushers and was like, "This guy," because he was he had his middle finger in the air when Dame was being introduced. Like he was, he was, he was getting bullied. That's why I kind of like signaled, like I wanted to. Like, I was like, you know, Dame's better than Curry. So I was like, you know, you don't flip off Dame. Not not, not in our house. And 
So somebody texted security and they ushered him out and he's gone for like three or four minutes. And the whole rest of the night, he thought it was me that did that. And I was like, I didn't text. I don't even know the number, but whatever. Keep going on about your business. I, I seriously bet you do know the number, my friend. As, I do not know the as number. As the best social media manager for the Blazers have ever had, I assume you know it. I do not know the number <laughs> for the in-arena security. I'm sorry. Um, but then there was, a, a, I think, three or four fans in front of us. And we were just, you know, playfully kind of going back and forth um, throughout the game. And I don't know how it escalated. But, oh, I was just talking shit about San Francisco. I was like, do you guys know? I was like, no, this is where I know from the starting point. It was back and forth the whole night. And I think I said something like, do you know there's literally shit on the streets of San Francisco? Like, literal pieces of shit. Like, not people. Like, there's poop everywhere on your streets. You know, because I, you know, I love Portland, and I was just talking shit about their city. And he's like, he starts popping off about how he's able to afford to live in the city, how he flew up for this game. You know, he's got a, you know, basically saying he's got a big bankroll. And then I looked at him and I said, if you are, you know, doing so well for yourself, why the fuck are you sitting up here in the 300 level with us? The half season ticket holders next to me just start dying. You know, I'm just like looking at the dude and you could just tell the face where he's just like, fuck, like I, I, I done fucked up. And he, he, he turned around. Um, I don't know how long it was, but it was in the second half. Clay Thompson got the ball on the baseline and literally walked to the basket on, on that, that layup, no travel. And I kind of, I leaned forward to do like the mimicking, you know, he traveled and I gently grazed his left shoulder and he turns around and is like, you ever touch me again, I'm going to fucking knock you out. You know, I'm, I've got like Evan to my left. That's the other guy who I, you know, talked to uh, during the game on my right. And this guy is not very big, and obviously I know I'm not going to get into an altercation. I'm just like, just kind of look at him like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> and the the guy who was in front of me, his buddy is just like trying to talk to him, calm him down. Thankfully, I think like five minutes later, he turns around, like offers his hand. He's like, you know, I'm sorry I was a prick. Um, you know, and then Evan and I are talking like, yeah, you know, it's a great game. Like, you know, no hard feelings. We're like, we're just, you know, giving you a hard time. You know, we cheers and, you know, we kind of like, we were, we were, you know, fine the rest of the night. But it was just so funny that it escalated just like that. And it's like, it was the, the closest I'd ever been to getting into a fight. In general at, or at a basketball game? Probably both. Like, I don't, I don't get into fight. I've, I've, you know, knock on wood, but I've never been in a fight. So your story to me, I can feel my heart beating a little faster. Like, what would I have said in that situation? What would I have done in that situation? Oh. I mean, I was, don't get me wrong, Sage, I was talking shit, but never anything, you know, obviously nothing um, that crossed any boundaries. Like, it's just strictly basketball trash talk out there. And I appalled. I was like, hey, I'm sorry. I like... I barely touched. I'm sorry. Like I was doing the travel, like clay, obviously travel. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And he was just, you know, going off and like the, his friend knew he was obviously just like probably had one too many. And maybe he gets angry when he's drunk or whatever, but 
you know, I was kind of just taken back. I was like, dude, I... <laughs> hey, man. Uh, like, if that's oh, what set man. you off, that's fine. But I was like... I would love... I would, yo, I would have loved to have been there, my friend. But it was... <laughs> so, anytime, like, we play the Lakers, the Thunder, the Warriors, I have to have, like, a beer or two in me because it kind of makes me care a little bit less about the outcome of the game. <laughs> In a sense that the reason Olga didn't want to go to the game is because of all those opposing fans and they're just so obnoxious and, you know, they, they're they just there because if a favorite player's in town or, you know, they're a bandwagon fan or they just, you know, we've all been to that Blazers-Lakers atmosphere and it, it's just really not fun. And so Olga's like, I can't, I can't do it. It just, it, it, it doesn't, I don't get any additional, you know, enjoyment out of going to the game. I'd rather just watch from home. And I was like, you know, I had my tickets, you know, for sale that they didn't sell because I didn't want to be like, I don't like Blazer Warrior games. Like, there's too many opposing fans for me. And I just, I get riled up and I'm like, there's, you know, I'm like, this should be our home court advantage. Why, why are there so many like Warrior fans here? But, you know, just being there with Ev and like, you know, you have just a couple beers with your bud and realize you're playing with house money. Like, no offense, but we saw that your Pelicans had lost that same night and we're like, hey. Nobody expects us to win this game. Let's just go out, have fun. And it was like when the Warriors went up by six, I was like, okay, you know, they might win, but you know, we're playing hard. Like we're still a fun team. And then we closed that quarter so impressively to go up four. And then, you know, when Zach hit that three and, you know, Damon CJ did their thing back and forth, you know, it was so fun because there is a reward to going to those games when you see those bandwagon fans leaving early. and, you know, you get to wave at them when they leave early. But, you know, we, you know, chatted with the guy after the game, you know, we, you know, we shook hands like, you know, it's a great game. And then we talked with, you know, some Warrior fans across the Broadway Bridge as we walked home, like, you know, just, you know, shooting the breeze. So, you know, definitely there are some cool Warrior fans out there. Mm. But um, it was definitely nice, like, just not, I think 15-year-old me got so wrapped up in the Blazers that a loss, like, really impacted my day Mm -hmm. like i couldn't watch anything else like i just like it just ruined my day and i've gotten better over time and i think it was you know just just nice to know that hey if we win we win if we lose we lose you know this is the best team in the league it's going to be a a tough hill to climb but we did it you know we had fun and talk some shit and upset some warrior friends apparently apparently but i I, i'm actually shocked that a Blazer game doesn't... I, I remember very vividly until, like, 2000... God, I don't even want to front. Maybe, like, 2011, a Saints week victory didn't affect my week in a negative... Like, a, a Saints loss affected my week in a pretty negative spiral. So, um, uh, you know, shout out to uh, 13-year-old D- Dustin for being that emotional guy. I, I was there in my 20s. <laughs> and, you know, like... It's, we've all seen the videos of people like any sports team flipping out because their team loses, you know, breaking chairs, flipping over tables. Like, I've never been that guy. I, won't I have let been myself that guy once. And I just, I, I don't want to be that guy. But the most I did that was I was listening to a Ducks football game in 2002. We were undefeated. We were up 21-0 against Arizona State. 
at the time, not every game was on television. I had to listen to the radio. We lost, and I punched my my door at, in my childhood bedroom and punched a hole through it. Like I never punched a hole through it, but I remember uh, my favorite receiver, Dante Stallworth, got traded for Scott Shanley, some white linebacker, and I was em- an emotional wreck for I would say. An hour and a half just spazzing out in the basement of my childhood home. Like, I I have dealt with, like, relationships ending so much better than Dante Stallworth getting traded to the Eagles for Scott Shanley. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all a part of life. You know, we grow, and, you know, I'm glad to say, like, if the Blazers lose, like, sucks but you know let's find something else to do um if they win it's awesome like i'm definitely going to stay up i'm going to watch you know the shows watch the highlights consume all of that and like get more enjoyment out of the winning than it being much worse when you lose because we talked about you know ed and dame kind of being cut from the same cloth and that they would they they find more um they would rather trying to how i would phrase it it hurts more to lose than it feels better to win. And that's kind of how I was watching the games. And that's just not the way it should be as a fan. Like you should be like, you should get the enjoyment out of watching your team win. Um, so long story short, eventful night. It was great to see the Blazers really put the league on notice. Like we handed this team a 17 point loss. The We're the hottest team in the league. And the Blazers, I think, tweeted out a video of a guy in a Kevin Durant jersey immediately putting on a Damien Lillard that's jersey. That's so lame. The and I was like, "Yep." I mean, that's that's it's lame as fuck. I'm sorry, like that. That's some lame ass shit. Yeah, you got it. I have this... gone to the moat in the Rose Garden wearing a David West jersey, and we lost. And I still wore that motherfucking David West jersey. <laughs> like yo, oh, I guess I I'm cut from a different cloth than that that gentleman who bitched out and put on the winning team jersey. Um, did you watch the selection Sunday? No, because uh, your beloved U of O Ducks did not make the uh the the turning. Yeah, I'm not into it as much. Like, I watched almost every Ducks game, but when the Ducks aren't in it, it's like, you know, I'll watch, I'll fill out a bracket, but, like, it's tough going from an Elite Eight two years ago, a Final Four last year, to not having a dog in the Mm. race. And, like, when the Blazers are winning like this, I could give a fuck about NCAA basketball. So, with that wonderful... This is my March Madness right now. (laughs) With that wonderful performance, we will be doing the Holy Backboard Bracket Challenge. Blazers are doing well. But there's still some brackets to be made. And do you want to know the team I'm cursing with my love this year? Miami. Fuck. Yeah, um, I, I like Miami Hurricanes a lot this year. <laughs> I There was a dude, Bryce Brown, for the, the Hurricanes that I really liked and I thought would be a nice backup point guard. But once he got hurt, I stopped liking them as, as much, but yeah, Miami's the team that the Sage Curse is going to uh, 
be falling upon this year. So don't expect them to go to the Sweet 16 or win their first game because I like them. Because <laughs> I think every year since 2012, I've cursed a team with my love. and Georgetown. Georgetown. Loved Otto Porter. Um, 2013. I love some... Uh, oh, God. Who, the coach of the Bulls now. Iowa, Idaho State, I cursed. I've cursed. Iowa State. Yeah, I've cursed a lot of teams with my love. So if I'm <laughs> if I'm talking lovingly about your team right now, I apologize. We will send out more details on the bracket challenge on Twitter in the coming days. But uh, I believe we got a fan question oh, from uh, Brandon Goldner of the wonderful Trailcasters podcast. He wants to know, Sage. Drum roll, please. I have my phone in my hand. <laughs> where do you have Damian Lillard in the NBA's MVP ladder? Third? Who's your top two? I think Harden, and then right the second AD is putting up better stats. I think uh, right now, Damian's like the second best player in the NBA. Right now. But... I don't know if he could get it over James Harden, but like as of right this second, in my opinion, he is the second best player in the NBA. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, I, James Harden has it on lock. If the Rockets finish with the best record and he even takes even a minor dip and just maintains his stats, I think he's a lock. He's finished, I believe, second the previous two years. I, I think it's... It's his award to lose. Yeah, it's it's deserved. I mean, they are just destroying teams right now. They don't even really have Ryan Anderson. Um, they're doing it really with James Harden, Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, and Clint Capella. Not a team I would have thought preseason would be ahead of the Warriors and leading the league record-wise. But you're right. I think at this point in time, Damian Lillard is at the very worst, tied for second with Anthony Davis. I would have him second just because the Pelicans are riding a two-game losing streak and Portland is still on their nine-game streak. Um, what Dame did against the Lakers, what he did against you know the Warriors twice, um, the Suns, just the big game plays. The He just encompasses everything that comes with a superstar. Everything feels dim for a moment, then all of a sudden he can strike at any moment and really flip the switch, and all of a sudden you're winning. Like he instills a fear in the opposition and in the opponent's fan bases that that I think few really do. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think my top five it's, it's Harden, it's Dame, it's AD definitely, um, because what he's doing without Boogie Cousins is really unprecedented right now. The ten blocks tonight, even in the losing effort. Um, it's easy to see, like, we saw the Wizards. They got blown out by the Wizards because he wasn't playing that game. Like, he makes those guys better, mm -hmm. and it's still incredible that they are going to make the playoffs and have a re legitimate shot at home court advantage without Boogie Cousins. So, like, I, I don't think I would have any problem if somebody flip-flopped those two, but just at this point in time, I would have Dame second because of recency bias and because of player bias. Yeah, I mean, he, you are a humongous Damian Lillard fan, so I, I get why he is second on your list, and I, I'm fine Fourth, with it. DeMar DeRozan. He's killing uh, the it. Raptor, like The Raptors ended the 
the Rockets win streak. Uh, he had a huge performance late against the Detroit Pistons. He hit that big turnaround fadeaway when uh, Houston charged all the way back with a minute to go and tied it up. That dunk. Um, the dunk. I mean, the Raptors, I think right now, I think the Raptors are going to do it. I think they're going to make the finals. And I think he is a large reason why. I think they can win without Kyle Lowry playing you know, a great game because he's taken that next step in, in his game. And then, you know, fifth, um, I probably have to go Kevin Durant. Like, it would have been LeBron James, but they've lost two straight. They they legitimately could finish sixth or seventh in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, I know he doesn't have the team that Kevin Durant has. Um, that's very obvious and very apparent. But as much as I don't like the fact that Durant went to Golden State, the dude is just an assassin. Yeah, he's right a bad now. motherfucker. I, I mean, he was pulling up from three. You know what's going in. Anytime he hit that midi, that was like a layup for him. That mid, that, um, that pick and roll where he takes like one dribble forward, hits to that mid range. You know that shit's going in. And I think he he is valuable because we were talking about Drain Claymon. <laughs> yes, that, no, Claymon. that is their name <laughs> from now on. We talked about Claymon, you know, <laughs> taking a step back. And Curry's durability issues, I mean, he's really their their guy. Mm-hmm. So, those are my top five. Uh, who rounds out your top five? So, man, that DeMar DeRozan one's good. Because I remember a stat where, like, he was the leading non-point guard in usage rate. Like, he was, in, he was responsible for, like, all of the team's, like, uh, points, assists, or turnovers. So that's a pretty cool stat. I fuck. That was a that, that was a very good uh player. Uh screw it. I'm gonna say Durant and King James just to be different from you, but that Dermar DeRozan pick was a very good one. But yeah, I I, I, right, I think our boys are the you know, top two players in the game right now, which is insane. Who would you go first team all NBA? With what? Who's your five? Oh, you got. For- <laughs> uh, can I have two point guards? Then is it guards, forward, center? I would say two guards, three bigs. Okay. Honestly, Dame, Harden, AD, and then KD and James LeBron. Yeah, that's my five. Yeah. <laughs> like it's pretty insane to say that our. Damian Lillard is better than all of those other players, but they've all had issues this year. Uh, Chris Paul's been hurt. Steph's been hurt. Uh, Russell's not having his team win, and the Blazers are in third place as we're recording right now. Like it's Dame's spot. Yeah, I, you know, I think Will- Kyrie was a huge favorite early on, especially the MVP race. I think Boston won like sixteen or seventeen straight. Um, after dropping their first two, but Boston's really tapered off um, lately, and they're you know four games back of of the first seed out east. And I, I just really think Damian is a more complete player than Kyrie. You look at Russ, could possibly average another triple double, but with the influx of talent, their record has not really reflected that change in a way that you would mm. you would see it. And you know the numbers don't lie. I, I think I saw a graphic. The last time we played them, 
you know, his team does significantly better when he shoots less than, I think, 17 or 20 times a game. Like, there, there's no doubt in my mind that that has an effect on his, his performance and the team's performance. You know, I think Russ is an amazing talent, but, you know, Dame is leading his team to victories. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Steph is, is amazing, but with He's missed team, quite a bit of games, too. And I think yeah, Dame's only missed, missed three. Yeah, and with, with that team... I expect them to be better than 51 and 16. I expect them to challenge for 70 wins every single season, as long as they have that core. And, you know, they're not really doing mm-hmm. it. You know, it doesn't mean they have to do it, you know, because they're still going to make a deep playoff run every year. But if this is based on regular season performance, statistics, um, team performance, I would, I would love to hear an argument against Damian Lillard at, at this point in time, because you look at this roster you look at the Western Would Conference. Would it be DeMar DeRozan? I think you have to. I mean, the point guard is such a, such a deep, deep crop of talent that I think it would be almost sac- basketball sacrilege not to have one of those guys as first team All NBA, even though Harden acts as a de facto point guard. Um, DeMar DeRozan. He's killing it. He's having, and the Raptors are damn fan- good. It's having a fantastic year, but it's still the Eastern Conference, and his team is still significantly better than the Trailblazers roster. I think that's the only argument you can make, though. Yeah. Which, I know this year, if we said our guy was our top in the second team All-NBA, that's fucking awesome. And, you know, Portland's going to need more more Dame. Like, we got four games to cover. Uh, Miami, ESPN nationally televised game at 7.30 tomorrow night. Uh, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers stroll into the Rose City on Thursday. And the Detroit Pistons round out Portland's five-game homestand on Saturday. That is uh, followed with a back-to-back in Los Angeles to take on the Clippers on Sunday. Sage, four games this week. What game worries you the most? Okay. I read somewhere on Twitter that Dwayne Wade is not going to play tomorrow. Right? That would be big. Because I think we have a much better chance with Dwayne Wade playing than without. Because the Heat seemed to feed him the ball in the last five minutes and go away from Drazik, who's been really fantastic this year and playing hard, to go to Dwayne Wade, who kind of has been bricking a lot of shots in clutch time. So, like... I would feel real safe if we were up by four. Dwayne Wade has the ball. He's probably going to brick it if we just don't bite on that pump fake. Like, if Dwayne Wade's not playing, that makes that team harder because they have to, they utilize uh, Goran Dragic more. They have shooters that can shoot. Obviously, we saw Wayne Ellington kill us that last game. Looks like his hamstring. It looks like he's being reported as out for Monday. Could change, Could, but looks like you know out. ESPN Dwayne Wade is taking those last few shots in the last in the last few minutes of that game, right? He's yeah. Out. So, ah, man, that I, I mean, I, I think that makes them tougher just because they play shorter rotations. But it's at home, right? Yep. Ah. Uh, I say we win, but Goran Dragic is going to be a pain in the ass the entire game. So that is the toughest game I for think you so, of the yeah. stretch. To me, it's going to come off maybe a little strange, 
but I think the Detroit game is the toughest for they me. They just have a float of bigs. They have no guards. Exactly. But- Exactly, and, and team bigs give us problems. Nurkic has to play. Has murdered us. Yeah, Nurkic has Blake to play. Griffin has murdered us, and this is the same Detroit team that bullied us one eleven ninety one, a little over a month ago in Detroit. Blake's second game. Yeah, I know Ishmith. the Pistons. <laughs> I know the Pistons are you know kind of spiraling. They've you know just three and seven in their last ten. Probably not going to make the playoffs. They are five back of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. But it just worries me. Yeah, they, uh, they have a recipe to definitely fuck us up. They have the recipe to fuck with us. And to be honest, I was worried about the Knicks game. Like, I talked on the podcast, you know, we, we're just going to crush them. But, like, each game, I'm going into this, like, terrified. Um, but I would say the Pistons game, just because those those trappy games, mm-hmm. those kind of sneak up on you. So you've got the Blazers beating the Heat. I do as well. It's going to be a tough battle, though, because they, they, yeah, they, the they're they slow. They walk that ball up. That pace is very slow. They play really, really tough defense. And Whiteside's still a bad motherfucker, even though he's kind of high variance. He could he could really mess up Nurk's game down low, defer shots. Like He's a bad boy. And if it's one of the games where he's just really good, that's going to be some problems. Yeah, we got to keep him off the glass. I think Dame has got to take advantage of Dragic on the the offensive end of the court and make the dragon just, work. Just just play. Like I know it sounds simple, but don't worry about the win streak. You got to, you know, take a page from the Oregon Ducks book. Win the day. Just win the practice, win the shoot around, win each quarter, you're going to win the day. Like don't worry about your opponent, worry about yourself. And come out and just and just go for it. Like I don't want to see a post Warriors letdown. Mm. You know they're finally starting to talk about us. Let's not give them a reason to shoo us away on national television. Is there a random Heat player that scares you? Josh Richardson. Damn it, that was what I was going to say. And Kelly Olynyk. Josh Richardson's like the coach's dream. He has a very small usage rate. Is athletic and hits threes. If this is one of those days where he's not missing, it could be scary. Wayne Ellington is. A bad boy with a three-point shot. but those- This is a game where I think the Blazer bench wins it for us. We have much better depth than the Miami Especially Heat. with all those injuries, because Dion's out and... Uh, oh, Linux playing? Yes, he had a double-double last game. How would you Up like next? James Johnson as our third big? We don't have room for him. True, but that type of player as a, our sixth man would be pretty dope. Anyway. Up next are the... Roller coaster, you know, enigmatic, enigmatic, whatever you want to call them, Jekyll and Hyde. High variance. <clears throat> high variance. Cleveland Cavaliers, they have looked awful. I mean, they, they look great one night beating the Nuggets in Denver. They get swept in LA by the Clippers and Lakers. They are on a six game, 11 day road trip that has them, I believe, in in Phoenix or Sacramento upcoming and then they play portland on thursday so they play tuesday then they play us on thursday as the fifth of six road games we typically play the the Cavs pretty well in portland since lebron has returned i mean i remember last year it was the snowstorm game where um marlene one of my one of my favorite follows on twitter gave me her ticket she wasn't able to make it out there and you know i was able to walk across the bridge to the game and we won without Dame. Alan Crabb went mm. off. Um, I think the team really gets up to play the Cavaliers. And 
while Cleveland has probably the most talent of any team we're going to play, I just love when we play an elite team because our guys take that, that challenge motivation. as well. And watching the so I I stayed I stayed up and I watched the Cavaliers play the Lakers today and Brooke Lopez was eating. He was shooting the three. He was being guarded by Larry Nance. That is going to be the key. We need Nurk to play composed. We need him to score in the paint. And we need guys like Ed Davis and Zach Collins to win the battle on the boards. Like Julius Randle had a monster night too. Obviously, you have to worry about LeBron, but I would rather LeBron keep his assists down and his points up rather than that be inverse. I think we have to start fast. It's five games and six nights or six and eleven. Six and eleven for the uh, the the Cavs, man. If we disincentivize them with a fir- like a first quarter punt, like haymaker. I don't think they are going to want to play us. So I think the the X factor is starting fast. Again, I think the X factor is the Blazer bench. Guys like Baz, guys like Pat. This feels like it would be a very big Pat night. Um, Ed, Zach, those guys, they just play with a, a level of just joy and, and fun. And they look like they're having an amazing time out there. Half the time you watch the Cavaliers, it looks like they're their influx of, you know, adrenaline or enjoyment has worn off since the trade deadline and they don't look as bouncy mm-hmm. as they once did. You know, Rodney Hood is is still banged up a little bit. Um so I I think as long as Dame does his thing, our our backcourt can go off. You know, they really have no guards that can guard us. I think we just have to come out and, you know, I like the Blazers to take care of business. You? Yeah. And then I've already said my piece on the Pistons. I think that is going to have a very Phoenix Suns, oh, Los absolutely. Angeles I don't Lakers think, feel. I don't think that will be an easy game by any means. This is not going to be easy. I am going to bet on Dame. I'm going to bet on our fans. And I'm going to bet on the fact that the Pistons just Aren't don't good. play oh. winning winning basketball. <laughs> yeah. But the, They do not play winning basketball. They do not have wings. Or um, guards. Or guards. I mean, it's, you know, it's I Smith. This, and like, I remember reading a stat a few weeks ago where he was like, the worst shooting guard in the, in the game. Like, Ish Smith is there. Reggie isn't playing. No way Reggie's healthy. So, yeah, it's Ish Smith who can't shoot but is really quick. So, Dame's going to have to run hard to keep up with them. But, like, those two bigs scare me. But I think that our two guards are just going to eat off their guards. Um,. I got I got Blazers in a squeaker, five points or yeah. less. Blazers get it done. I, I I think the two games that we really highlighted are going to be close, but I think the Blazers win both of them. And last but not least, next Sunday, a back to back against the Los Angeles Clippers, who are still without Pat Beverly, still I believe without Danilo Gallinari, and still without Avery Bradley, mm-hmm. but. The last time we played them, Tobias Harris had not came over in that trade, so so we missed them there. He's been playing well. I have seen a couple of Los Angeles games lately, um, most recently when they won in Denver when Boban came in and really gave them gave the Nuggets a look they had, they really weren't prepared for. Mm-hmm. Also, DeAndre Jordan hasn't been playing late in games as well. This team, I don't know what to make. I mean, Lou Williams can either shoot you into a game or shoot you out of a game. So I think a Portland's fortune could ride upon 
how well he's doing in the night. Yeah. Be, be, yeah, because when we beat them 104-96 back on January 30th, um, he was just absolutely uh, abysmal. Mm. He was looking at 5 of 26. Yeah. Like, there's no way he's going to shoot that poorly. But on the other end, Gallinari always gives us problems. I don't think he'll be he's playing. He's super crafty. He just, like, will pump fake the Blazers, like, excited wing and go to the line eight times in a game. And you, you know what, Sage? I feel like if we are on a 12-game win streak and we just got this one one quick little road trip, going to make a quick stop in L.A., I'm going to roll with the Blazers. The, the um, Clippers do play hard. They do. Yeah, they're going to – they're fighting they're, they're for a playing, playoff spot Yeah, right they're going to play hard. You know, Tobias is going to get his 21 points off 17 shots. It, I think it's all about how Lou Williams is doing that game. Like, I would say Tyrone Wallace – is someone scary, but they didn't sign him for the uh, year, and he's back in the D League or G League, excuse me. So I think it's really on Lou Williams' shoulders to like shoot them in or out of the game. I, you know, I really like Moharkless in this game. Hmm. I could see that. Yeah. I think if he can not neutralize Tobias Harris, but if he can score twelve. And you, you let Tobias score 21, I'll take a net nine difference in that matchup. You know Tobias know... is taking a bunch of shots to get that 21, too. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's going to be key to <sighs> Nurk. You know, Nurk has got to keep DeAndre off the board. Do you think that Ed has Davis just... has a chance against DeAndre? You know what? I'm never going to bet against Ed Davis. Mm. Okay. I, I get that, too. But, yeah, I think Nurk has to get at least... 28 minutes off on the board just to that muffling of bodies down low just to like at least wear DeAndre out and I think this is a team Portland can and will go to that three-point guard lineup I think you're going to see a lot of Dame Baz and CJ uh because you're not afraid of Lou Williams posting up one of those guards you're not afraid of of Milos posting up one of those guards you're not afraid of Austin. Wesley Johnson, Austin Rivers. I mean, you just their guards have no back to the basket game and really aren't really offensive minded outside uh, of Lou. But that's going to be a very tough game. Like you said, they're they are absolutely fighting for their playoff lives. You know, we're fighting for our playoff seedings. We could have a 12 game win streak on the line. Um I, I'm just going to roll with my boys in this one. Like, if we're 3-0, we're going to win that game. Yeah. I, they just don't have a lot of guns to uh, scare me if if it's all on Lou Williams to get generate all those points. Like, if we're for real, for real, talking about Blazers having the fifth best record in the NBA, the fifth best team in the NBA goes to Los Angeles on the second night of a back-to-back and handles the Clippers. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be recognized nationally as that team, show up and show out. And I think they're going to do it. Dame also loves playing in that gym. Yeah. Doesn't he usually dominate the Lakers, though? Or is it doesn't matter? Anybody I mean, but the Lakers, but he's, he's been playing the Clippers pretty strong, especially since Chris Paul's left. Mm-hmm. But I, Sage, I think that about wraps it up. Um, Great show, as always. 
If you want to hear more, want to uh, check out some previous episodes, or just want to know when the next one is going to drop, subscribe to our show, Holy Backboard, on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can also hear us on radio, Dash Radio, Tuesdays, 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Sage, where can they hear that? Is that 92.3 FM? It is. Um, you, It's uh, all uh, internet-based. So you go to www.radio, and then there's uh, a basketball-centric uh, station called Nothing But Net Radio. And then you would uh, click on that at 2 p.m. Uh, on Tuesday, and you'll be able to hear it. And shout out to all the Dash Radio listeners. Y'all are great. Also, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Holy Backboard. Sage, any shout outs? You know what? I think I'm going to be playing. Uh, Stu's going to be out of town. And uh, I think I'm going to be taking over 2K Tuesdays for this week. I think I'm going to do the uh, uh, Trailblazers Takeover. So if you're interested. Hold up. Wait a minute. What's up? Breaking news from Ira Winderman, Winderman at Ira Heatbeat tweets. Hold on. Our girl, long story longer, retweeted it. So bless her heart for doing this. At 1 a.m. Eastern, the Heat announced that Dwayne Wade and Hassan Whiteside will not play tomorrow night in Jesus Portland. Christ. <laughs> so they have Whiteside, left hip pain, out. Walton Jr. G League out. Waiters left ankle surgery out. Wade mild left hamstring strain out. And Jones Jr. G League out. Sage changes a lot. We need to. This is the Knicks game all over again. We cannot let up. We gotta go. Sorry, I interrupted you. Had to do that. Yeah, it's all news. good. I like it. I like it. Keep 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 at it. Let us know about Two K Tuesdays and how you're gonna hold down the fort for our man Stupendous. Uh, so you can go on the channel, the Sage 504 on Mixer.com, and I'm going to do the uh, Blazers takeover. I'll start from the beginning of the uh, preseason, make my trades, maybe make a coaching decision. I don't know, but uh, it should be fun. And you can hang out with me on Mixer.com slash the Sage 504. One last shout out. Shout out to our guy, Evan McCarthy. Uh we had him on a few times, and he said he was going to deliver me a Rasheed Wallace print, you know, faux free, because he's that guy. What does he do? He brings it to the Golden State game, and not only does he give me a Sheed print for free, he throws in the Dame Dalla print as well. Um, and I have to say, they look so much better in person. Like, they look awesome online, but when you actually see them, like, you're holding the, the, the paper physically in your hand you see the intricate details like these are going to look so good framed i'm thinking about purchasing a cj mccollum one because cj is going to be at buffalo wild wings i think from six to seven on march 21st um i saw that promo on the last blazer game and that would look a beautiful sign so if you haven't you can pick those up evanm.com they are fire and will make any room any man cave uh, just, just Wherever pop. you may so be, this is Bill Shanley. These are guys. Good like, night. These are legit. Hey, and I cannot everybody. wait to get them free. So thank you, Let's Evan. Go.